0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad, even Motel 6 won't leave a light on for it. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax. The smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, 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 it is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining, weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm home, and October was a busy month, and November will be nice, because it looks like I'm going to be home for a good chunk of it, but in tonight's show going to talk in pipe parts going to talk about pipe cleaners no not just the little arts and crafts things the things we use to clean our pipes and keep them smoking cool and my guest jason bard jason is doing some wonderful restoration work so we'll talk to him get a different perspective on uh, how he looks at cleaning a pipe and bringing it back to new and shiny uh in the mailbag Got a couple of mailbag things to cover, and then I'll talk about the West Coast Pipe Show. Talk about what went on out there. And music, rant, all that coming up in tonight's episode. Hey, can I tell you? I want to say a little shout-out to Ken, the flight attendant on uh, US Air's flight coming back on Tuesday. Got, uh, got upgraded to first class, which happens eh, about one out of 3 times but Ken was uh Ken was great. He had everybody memorized had the, everybody's name memorized was uh calling you by name, checked on you in between. It was really kind of uh really kind of nice and kind of spoiling compared to what I'm used to. So Ken is either really good or he's going to get into a lot of trouble for uh for being really good and showing everybody else what it should be like. Uh, not only that, at the end of the flight, he came around and shook hands with everybody and thanked them for flying with them. So, that was really nice. Uh, however, when I sat down, the guy next to me, sitting sitting in the seat next to me, the first thing he asked for was a cup of water so that he could take some Alka-Seltzer cold medicine. So, not a good sign when you're going to be sitting on an airplane for four and a half, five hours next to a guy that's fighting a cold. But... All right, everybody, let's get the show going. Sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go.
1: There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical. A tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions, only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at Sutlifttobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it.
2: Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at sutlifftobacco.com. Go to sutlifftobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. This
0: Internet radio. We are back, and uh, don't forget, in just a minute, Jason will be on the phone with me. In the meantime, let's talk about pipe cleaners because pipe cleaners are an important part of my smoking routine. In fact, as I'm talking, I'm running a pipe cleaner up the shank of my pipe as I'm smoking it. I use a pipe cleaner all the time, all the time. Every time I have a bowl going, I've got a pipe cleaner either stuck behind my ear or one sitting in the ashtray next to me. But I always use a pipe cleaner, and I use it in the middle of the smoke to run up and get the moisture, maybe loosen up the bottom of the bowl a little bit. So pipe cleaners are important to me. There are different kinds of quality of pipe cleaners, and we see them in all different kinds of price ranges. The first thing I wanted to make mention of is that there are uh, polyester or non, non-natural fiber pipe cleaners. You'll see them sometimes are in multiple colors, but they're some sort of artificial fiber. They tend to be the least expensive, and the reason they're less expensive is because they don't use all-natural cotton. They are also, in my opinion, are the least absorbent of all the pipe cleaners. They do, however, make wonderful, wonderful tools for, you know, making flowers and little animals out of and crafts and art stuff like that. So that's just me. I am the leading expert on my own opinion, and you're welcome to it. But the non natural, non cotton pipe cleaners are really just good for arts and crafts. For those of us that are dedicated pipe smokers, we really want cotton. We want preferably unbleached cotton, so take a look for that. You'll notice that the fiber is a little more, a uh, little yellowish, a little tannish instead of a bright white. The only reason I can think of that I might want unbleached cotton is that when I'm using the pipe cleaner during the smoke, there's moisture getting onto the pipe cleaner. If there's bleach still on the cotton, that could come back out, and but I doubt it. It'd be rare but it's just something that I don't want the cotton messed with. I want it to be a all-natural cotton. Now, you want to make sure and get pipe cleaners in the length of the pipe that you're smoking. Because as I use the pipe cleaner during the smoke, I don't want to have to... I want to make sure it gets all the way to the bottom of the bowl. So check out the length of pipe cleaners. They come in all kinds of lengths. You'll see them anywhere from five and a half inches up to, of course, the church warden size. And I've seen them sold in coils of 12, 15, 25 feet long. So make sure that you've got pipe cleaners that are long enough that you can get it up the shank during the smoke, get it all the way to the bottom of the bowl, and still have enough to grab onto. Because you you do want to get that moisture out of the bottom of the bowl. Tapered cleaners. There's tapered and then there's regular cleaners. The tapered cleaners are going to be narrow on one end, and thicker on the other. The only time I really like a tapered cleaner is if I'm really trying to do a real good job of cleaning inside the shank and getting it dry. For my regular everyday use, a taper is just an extra expense. But the tapered cleaners that start out narrower and get wider towards one end do a great job of pushing through everything that's inside there and pulling it out with the pipe cleaner. So keep an eye on ta- keep keep an eye out for tapered pipe cleaners. The regulars come in regular, and they come in fluffy or extra fluffy or extra absorbent. The only time I would think you'd want to go real big on an extra absorbent is if you've got a very open draft hole, because you want to make sure that you're able to get the pipe cleaner in through the stem. Or you think that using one extra fluffy is going to be the equivalent of using two regulars. I personally don't worry about extra fluffy. I just have regulars. The last kind that I want to touch on is bristle cleaners. And I know a few people out there that use bristle cleaners on a regular basis. That's the only kind of pipe cleaner they own. They use bristles because at the end of each smoke... They go in there and they scrub the inside of their pipe really well with bristle cleaners. I use bristles about every two or three months when I'm doing my heavy cleaning rotation. And I'll use two or three and dip the ends in Everclear and run them back and forth until I get the inside of the pipe looking nice and shiny. But again, my pipes don't get real dirty in the first place because I'm using, the, uh, I'm using my regular routine maintenance program anyway. Last thing, uh, churchwarden cleaners. Of course, if you're smoking a churchwarden pipe, you want that. But the last thing I want you to think about and I want you to look at is take your pipe cleaners, pinch your finger and run it up the pipe cleaner and see if a whole bunch of little fuzz comes off. If a little bit of fuzz or a lot of fuzz or some fuzz comes off when you pinch that, you get that pilling of the cotton. Remember, every time you run the pipe cleaner back and forth inside the pipe, That little gap between the tenon and the mortise, you run a risk of getting pipe fuzz built up in there. So if you're using a pipe cleaner that does pill a little bit, just before you use it, run your finger up it, and that will uh, run your fingers up it, and that'll get all the pilling off. A little bit of advice: if you don't do that, keep an eye on inside the tenon and the mortise for a buildup of pipe cleaners and. Anytime you get a buildup of pipe cleaners in there, of course, your airflow is not as good as it should be. So there you go. Everything you ever probably never wanted to know about pipe cleaners, but were afraid to ask in just a minute, Jason will be on the phone with me. The term one-stop shop is so overused. There's no place that is literally a
1: one-stop shop. Well, guess what? When it comes to your quality tobacco products, there is. It's cupojoes.com. With hundreds of pipe tobacco blends, thousands of pipes
0: in stock, a wide variety of cigars, coffees, accessories, and so much more. All you have
2: to do is go to cupojoes.com. And there it is, cupojoes.com. Quality products, extraordinary prices.
1: I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Mearsham pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from meershamstore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. Meershamstore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years.
0: welcome to the pipes magazine radio show jason bard who jason i just met you at the last core show and what struck me was the work that you're doing on restoration and then we got started talking and now you are a pipe smoker you restore pipes you sell some pipes and you've got a whole full-time job in another life besides that but welcome to the show
1: thank you brian it's uh definitely an honor to be to be a guest on your show I'm, I'm a fan
0: so tell me where'd you grow up let's let's get everybody real familiar with you because i don't know much about you either
1: well i grew up in uh, in connecticut a uh, very blue collar area of, of central connecticut um, dad drove a truck and mom worked for uh, stanley tools worked in the factory
0: were you near the connecticut uh, <laughs> river valley
1: um yeah i guess you could say it was the connecticut river valley just south of hartford um left Connecticut when I was eighteen went into the Navy for four years. Actually, my first day of boot camp was my eighteenth birthday and um, after four years in the Navy, I took a job here in Frederick, Maryland, and never looked back never never had any desire to go back to Connecticut. I just loved the area uh, close to the shore, close to the mountains um, couldn 't ask for more
0: now you do have you do have a regular full time job. Plus a, I
1: do. Um, plus a
0: regular personal life, too.
1: Absolutely. Um, I've, I've never been one to, uh, <laughs> to sit idle for very long. I, I like to stay busy. Um, by day, I'm a uh, senior project manager in the material handling industry, uh, which is uh, sortation systems and, and uh, material handling equipment conveyors and, and such. And I also have a, uh, a very supportive wife. And uh and two young sons. Uh Soren is a year and a half and Quentin is just about to turn four. Ooh. Boy, they're uh
0: they've gotta be a handful at this point.
1: Absolutely a handful. And um I'll tell you Soren is
0: you know, he's the youngest
1: and, and he is uh, much more of a handful than, than four year old. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. The, the one that we'll, uh, we'll find uh, standing on the uh, kitchen countertops. I'm looking forward
0: to grandchildren at this point, so I can just play with them and send them <laughs> back. But That's yeah, right. Not for a while, kids. I don't need them for a while, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so when did you start smoking a pipe?
1: Um, I'd say it was probably, I don't remember the exact year, but it was somewhere between 98 and 2000.
0: And do you remember your first pipe?
1: I do remember my first pipe. It was a um, it was an English pipe. It was a Wilmer Blaze Grain, and I still have that pipe.
0: Where did you find a Wilmer?
1: Um, I think I think one, one day it was it was just out of sheer boredom. I, I went to a local antique store, and uh, and I happened upon this 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 gorgeous looking piece of wood with a with a coffee brown iridescent stem. And it was that Wilmer pipe. And, uh, and I bought it just because I was something, it, it drew me. I mean, something, something drew me to that, to that object. And and it really reminded me of an uncle that I, that I have, uh, my old uncle Lionel, he always smoked a pipe, always had a pipe. And to me, it, it sort of symbolized, um, you know, a hard hardworking honest, honest guy. And, and that's, Part of what drew me to that pipe. It was, I guess, sort of symbolic for me.
0: Now, Wilmer is one of those kind of unsung English brands that I, I'm guessing has kind of died off by now, but what was your first tobacco?
1: My first tobacco was a McBaron uh, vanilla.
0: Wow. So you you actually started off on the higher end with, a, with an English pipe of quality and then with a McBaron tobacco. So...
2: You never had I the did. I you did
0: you never had the experience of burning your face off with a uh, drugstore aromatic?
1: No. <laughs> I ne- I never did. I never did. I I, I guess I, I guess you could say I went right for the good stuff. Um and to this day I'm 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 still an aromatic smoker, uh, much to the chagrin of some folks, but um, you know, smoke what you like and like what you smoke.
0: Absolutely. Be be aromatic and be proud. That's right. That's right. So from there, did you get? Did you have any help teaching you how to smoke a pipe, or did you just ask Uncle Lionel and uh, and away you went?
1: You know, I just kind of fumbled through it myself, and um, and eventually I, you know, because back then it there really wasn't a whole lot of information on the internet like like there is today. So I just sort of fumbled through it, and I learned I learned my way, and I learned what what to do and what not to do, and work what worked and and what didn't work. Um, you know, being an engineer by trade, I sort of troubleshoot my way through it. I guess you could say.
0: How long did it take before you
1: looked for another pipe? Oh boy, uh, you know, at that point, I think I started shopping on eBay for pipes, looking specifically for estate pipes, and uh, you know, that, that's also part of part of how and why I got into restoration is. Um, The condition of some of the pipes that I was getting, I just was not happy with. And, um, you know, even the level of service, you know, I I had literally had pipes and pipe collections shipped to me in in empty cereal boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Empty cereal boxes and wrapped in paper towels. So it wasn't very long before I decided that, you know, it could be done better than this.
0: Where did where did you go to start learning the basics of restoration?
1: You know, again, it was um, it was just one of those things that I that I fumbled through. And um, you know, when you when you buy a collection of pipes, especially on eBay, it's you know you're looking it's a quest. You know, you're looking for that diamond in the rough. You know, it's you buy a collection, you might have one you know one good pipe out of a bunch, and um, and the rest, the rest are basically your, your, your sacrificial lambs. Um, so I went through, gosh, I'd hate to say it, but maybe hundreds before I, before I really felt like I knew what I was doing. So
0: there was a lot of pipes that were, uh, sacrificed for your learning.
1: Absolutely. Countless pipes. <laughs> and whenever, uh, you know, this is, this is something that I'm I'll probably still be on a quest to perfect what I'm doing um years from now. That's part of the enjoyment that I get out of it.
0: Do you remember some of the worst things you did to pipes that you were when you were practicing or trying to learn?
1: Um absolutely. You know, I very early on I I thought for sure that all it took was a heavy hand and a buffer and I was restoring pipes and um, it wasn't too long before I learned that that's, that's not how it's done. You know, you, you have to take your time. You, you, need, you need to exercise patience and uh, pay attention to detail. Um, so even today I consider myself to be more of a preservationist. You know, I'll, I'll go well out of my way to preserve uh, the button on a stem, the nomenclature, um, rather than, uh, like I said, just take a heavy hand with a buffer with total disregard for stampings and nomenclatures and and buttons and lines that the original maker or carver had intended for that pipe now your own your own personal pipes
0: are you leaning towards one style versus the other or are you still kind of on that classic english style
1: um i do tend i do still tend to favor the classic english style and shapes although i do have a soft spot for you know, for the fancy Danish freehand. Um, I think my second pipe was a was a a, a very large Soren freehand that I still have today. It sits on my bar, and oddly enough, it's completely unrestored. Not sure why, <laughs> <laughs> but it sits there, uh, you know, with a, a completely green and oxidized stem and and uh, just a tremendous amount of tar buildup on the plateau and. And that's how it sits, and, and, I, and I like it that way. Um, you know, it sort of, I guess maybe it sort of reminds me uh, reminds me of where I started.
0: And where you can go from there.
1: And where you can go from there, exactly.
0: Uh, your own pipe tobacco, you, you like aromatics. Did you try other, did you try English? Did you try Virginia's?
1: I've tried Virginia's. Um, I can't say that I, that I dislike them. Um, I just I just really prefer an aromatic. Um you know, I really enjoy pipeworks and wilt. Um, you know, that, I've always been someone that that finds something that I like and I stick with it. Um, my wife would attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I am that way about everything. I find something that I like and I stick with it. So almost exclusively for years I've been I'd been smoking um, Pipeworks and Wilk, and uh, more specifically, Gramercy Park. I just love that tobacco. But having, having been positioned so closely to Cornell and Beal at the CORE show recently, um, I was able to uh, to sort of branch out and, and try a lot of their stuff. And, um, and I went home with a few tins, I'd say.
0: Was that your first CORE show?
1: It was my first CORE show. Actually, it was my first show at all. Wouldn't,
0: all right now here give everybody the uh, the first time to a pipe show impression
1: first time to a pipe show impression gosh I, I tend to be someone that overthinks everything and, and so I you know I had I had all these different preconceived notions of of, of what it would be um, you know probably you know as an exhibitor uh, my fear was... You know, because I'm running this on, on sort of a shoestring budget, I'm, I consider myself to be a little bit of a startup. Um, but, you know, I had this fear of, of, you know, putting all this money for the hotel and, and, you know, to get a table and everything and 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 go home having not sold a thing. Um, so I really tried my best to cover all my bases, and that meant I had two baskets full of basket pipes that I was selling as is and I had fully restored pipes, um, you know, from thirty five dollars up to a couple hundred. Um and I also had new old stock pipes with me. I had uh I think three or four Savanelli Autograph pipes, some uh, Ronaldos, um all brand new and, and unsmoked. So um
2: you, I think
0: that you ran that the, the entire it, I'm sorry, you ran the entire gambit of of pipes on your table. How I did,
1: <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> you were pretty much uh, at your table most of the time, too.
1: I try. I tried to stay at my table most of the time. You know, that it was it was a little bit of a struggle for me because I, I really wanted to to build some connections and talk to some of the some of the pipe makers. Um, you know, talk to some of the other uh, estate pipe vendors. You know, and share stories and experiences. And that's, but I just I didn't. I didn't feel like I had the time to do that despite having my father-in-law Tom with me as uh, as sort of my, uh, my sidekick there. But I, I would have hoped to had spent more time, um, talking with, with, with my peers. So was it a good show for you? Absolutely. It was a great show. Um, I would, I would consider it a, a tremendous success, um, you know, to sell, to sell one of my restorations, um, online, you know, occasionally I'll get I'll get some feedback, but, you know, to have the pipe smoking community and my peers, you know, coming to my table face to face, having conversations, being able to uh, show them a picture of a pipe in its in its unrestored, unrestored state and hand them that pipe after I've finished my work um, and to get their reaction and their feedback. Um, was invaluable for me.
0: We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk specifically about your uh, restoration and about your website. So we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. we are back. Jason is still with us. I haven't scared him off yet. I'm trying, but you know, I've seen a lot of pipes at a, at a lot of pipe shows and I guess the thing that caught me was your your restoration work on the pipes that you had on your table. So, it was some of the best I've ever seen. We know how, you know, we now know how you taught yourself. Your website is vintagebriar.com and it's spelled the right way thankfully (laughs) can you talk us through the process of i've got a pipe it's old it's dirty i want to send it to you where do we go from there
1: um the best the best way to uh to go about doing that is is to contact me through the website um i have my direct phone number listed there um, or you can contact me via email through the website. And
0: then you've got a couple of different services listed. Describe for me the difference between the basic
1: ream and clean and then the full restoration. Uh, the basic ream and clean would be um, just, to, just to go in and ream the cake, remove remove any excess cake. Um, I would uh, clean, clean the pipe both inside and out. Um, I would completely uh, strip the wax. And it would get a buffing, and that would be that would be the basic cleaning. Um, the full restoration would include all of that, um, plus I would I would do a, a very thorough um, and complete sanitation um, of the pipe. Um, I would remove and reduce any oxidation in use marks, tooth, teeth marks, and mendations on the stem. I would also. Reduce or remove any dent scratches and um, so on handling marks uh, from the briar. and, uh, and, and
0: basically make the pipe look like brand new
1: basically make it look like brand new i had to uh, I had to correct a few a few folks um, standing at my table because they they did actually think that the restored pipes were new pipes
0: now do you take the when you're cleaning a, a pipe that's been bowl coated? Do you take it down beyond the bowl coating and then recoat it afterwards?
1: If if the pipe had uh, originally had a coating, um, I would take it down to just under the coating, and I would I would reapply that. Um, of course, if 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 a particular customer did not want the coating reapplied, I I would certainly not do that.
0: And the the strip sand and refinish were any of the pipes that I saw on your table were those uh sanded and refinished
1: actually the uh the K'moy old briar that you saw um, where I had the uh, the before the horrendous before picture um that pipe um had been stripped it it received a light sanding and it was refinished and if you know the old Kamoi stain colors um it was a it was a pretty accurate match it was
0: yeah it was close enough i didn't even notice it now you don't do you you really don't want to do replacement stems, correct?
1: I, you know, I've never, I've never gotten into replacement stems. And, and really part of the reason, um, apart from not having that, that equipment, the primary reason is that, is that I consider myself to be more of a preservationist. You know, I'll go out of my way to preserve and rebuild an original stem before, you know, just making a quick decision to replace it
0: and i guess by by keeping the original stem and being able to clean and fix the original stem it remains an original pipe all the way through
1: absolutely absolutely you know the the maker the maker or the carver had had an idea when that pipe was made and my job as i see it is to preserve that as best that i can
0: have you noticed are there are there particular countries of origin of pipes that are harder to clean than others, or some that are easier?
1: Um, I would say by far the Danish pipes are more difficult to clean. You know, especially when you're when you're looking at um, natural plateau rims that are just full of of cake and tar. Um, that can be an extremely extremely tedious job. Is the wood?
0: The difference in wood used, does that mean that it's soaked up more tars inside the pipe as well?
1: I wouldn't say that specifically, not in my experience, but I'd say as far as the internals, you know, a lot of them had the uh, the, the conical bore, and that can be a little more challenging to get reamed out properly.
0: And it's a little more challenging to pack and smoke it correctly, too, because it gets narrower <laughs> right. as you go down there. Um that's right is, is an English is an English cake easier than a virginia cake or an aromatic cake or vice versa or and getting the ghost out which one's easier
1: what i've i what I've found to be most challenging and, and some folks might say aromatics, but you know I'll exercise aromatic ghosts um with much more ease than than say a Latakia, you know english english blends. And I think the uh, the Latakia tends to kick up a little harder as well.
0: you could almost cut diamonds with it that's right now you've mentioned that you that you acquire estate pipes on eBay can you tell a lot by the person when you buy the when you buy the batch of pipes can you tell if they were a hard smoker or what any kind of what type of person that was
1: sometimes you can um, absolutely um, you know there's certain collections that that, uh, that come in and, and, you know, you almost, you can almost sense, uh, you almost get a sense of history of this person's life and, and where they've been and things they've seen, and, you know, where these pipes were acquired. And you can always tell that one pipe that, you know, maybe was a gift from someone who knew he was a pipe smoker, but, uh, but really didn't know anything about buying pipes. (laughs) The little wooden shoe pipe. Exactly. the little wooden shoe or, or perhaps maybe the toilet bowl pipe is probably the uh...
0: <laughs> We were in Mexico and we saw this and we thought of you. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> have, you found, have Have you come across any pipes that you just thought were just really cool and you had no idea what, the history on them or the, de- you know, the background of that brand?
1: Absolutely, um, I, I do run across that um, on occasion, and and more often than not, those pipes uh, remain in, in my own collection. Um, <laughs> you know, I still re- I still go through the process of restoring them, um, but I tend to hold the hold on to those for myself. Um, one exception would be uh, a pipe that I did have on the core ta- on the uh, table at the core show, and it was uh, it was an old. A uh, pipe that, uh, tracing the hallmarks, was was made in Birmingham, England, in 1897, and it's completely adorned in silver uh, with a silver cap. And you know, in the pro- during the process of, of restoring a pipe like that, you know, you just you just can't help but start to wonder, you know, what the history of that pipe was. You know, was was it a sea captain that owned this pipe? You know, who 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 owned this pipe? What's its history? And it just it, you know, I sort of. I, sometimes I get lost in that, you know, during the process of, of restoration on a piece, on a piece such as that.
0: Did that pipe find a new home?
1: Um, I'm going to say, fortunately, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 back on a shelf in my own collection. Because
0: <laughs> I'm looking on your website right now, and I don't see it.
1: <laughs> you will not find it on the website, but uh, a similar story you'll you'll find in the uh, the 1919. Uh, GBD that I have listed
0: on the site and that's I mean, it, it's just it's amazing to think of where that pipe has been even that GBD in 90 plus years you know, where all where all it's been who's owned it what it did how long was it left laying there before you got it so. absolutely absolutely that's that's all the stuff that I sit there and look at and think you know all right now the pipes with me it's I'm kind of its caretaker for the next part of its journey that's right. Uh, how many pipes are in your permanent collection?
1: In my permanent collection, gosh, it's been a while since I've counted them. Um, <laughs> in in excess of a hundred, um, but it, but it's funny because you know, with all the pipes at my at my disposal at any given time, I I tend not to you know keep keep the brands you would expect someone to keep as their as their smokers you know i'm i'm not a i'm not a big smoker of dunhills or or you know old cheritons or you know my favorite pipe that i'm smoking right now is is uh is a 1999 stanwell pipe of the year it's just a solid pipe that that just performs
0: so you get a chance to taste test a whole bunch of pipes and Sometimes they go back up for sale. Sometimes you end up
1: keeping them. Usually that, that, I don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the I good. I can't, I can't even fake, I can't
0: even fake that one. <laughs> that's the good answer. Cause other, I, I, otherwise you'd end up keeping a whole bunch of pipes.
1: I probably would. I probably would. And you know, there, there are definitely some that, that I regret selling, um, but you know that decision is usually made for me early on. Um, you know, before I even start restoration on a, on a series of pipes. You know that decision's made. I made it for a reason, and uh, and I stick to it, and um, and I find it a new home.
0: Now let's go back to your website for a minute. Turnaround time for a uh, re- for a restoration job.
1: Turnaround time for a restoration job. Um, I like to keep it within three weeks. You know, obviously if, if I if I get a, a sudden influx of, of work for whatever reason um, that might get extended slightly but um, but I my goal is is to turn things around within three weeks
0: and you'll also offer consignment services
1: I do offer consignment services um, as well as outright purchase of collections um, but I do offer consignment services um, you know and and knowing that sometimes some pipes are uh, are very collectible and, and maybe maybe considered as unattainable for some folks. I also offer um, interest-free layaway.
0: That could be awfully tempting. Uh, <laughs> and then you're uh, and then you're branching out into new pipes as well.
1: Um, I, I am branching out a little bit into new pipes. Um, I do have several new pipes listed on the site right now, as well as. Uh, a small inventory of others that have not yet been listed. Um, I have been uh, talking a little bit with some of the independent pipe carvers about um, about maybe branching out and offering some of their pipes for sale here in the future.
0: What's the best way to find out
1: when something new has been posted? The best way to find out when something new has been posted, as well as as just you know, seeing sort of behind the scenes at uh, Bard's vintage Briar is, uh, to find us and like us on Facebook. And, uh, that address is facebook.com slash Bard's vintage Briar, all one word. And you're, uh, you're posting on there
0: frequently, but not too frequently.
1: Not too frequently. I try to keep it. Uh, I try to actually, keep, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. um, I try to keep my postings down to um, one, maybe two a day. You know, I think uh, I think oftentimes folks are, are posting too much, and um, you know, and things sort of get uh, lost in the noise. So I like to keep it. Uh, so we we
0: we keep it sweet and simple. And when there's something new and interesting, it goes up on Facebook. I got a I got a personal question for you cuz uh, you had a little dunhill on your table that just kind of puzzled me for a while. And we <laughs> talked about it back and forth and back and forth and I showed it to a couple other people. What what'd you ever decide to do with that dunhill?
1: I haven't decided yet and um you're right we did go back and forth on that pipe for uh for quite a while and actually I uh I let you walk off with it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I kidnapped it, and I'll tell everybody the background on it because it was a it's a 1959 Dunhill Prince shape that was probably one of the prettiest pieces of just it's just a root brier, but it had gorgeous grain on it, and it had a unique, well done stem. That after I showed it to two or three other people, I think we determined that it was a custom made Dunhill stem just for that pipe that didn't fit the shape chart or anything.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh definitely a, a unique piece. Um, like you said, the grain on, on that, that briar is, is just phenomenal. Um, the the birds the amount of bird's eye on, on the bottom of, of that pipe is just absolutely amazing. But you're right, the stem the stem does appear to be custom. Um it's a little it's a little difficult to describe. um, It's, you know, the diameter of the stem at the shank for probably the first half inch um, is the same diameter as the shank. And then it's almost pinched. um, And then it flares out to almost a fishtail.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of had like a faux military mount look to it, but it was all in, it was all in vulcanite. That's right. And it was With, with
1: just an ever so slight bend to it.
0: And it was and the draft hole inside was stepped down so that it would hold the Dunhill inner tube, which is a lot of work to do for a custom stem. That's right. That's so, right. I, so I think we uh, that that pipe had me puzzled for for a long time. And I can still perfectly remember what it looked like. So I'll be I'll be interested to see what you decide to do with it.
1: You'll be you'll be the first to know what I what I decide. <laughs> Thanks.
0: I don't like. Like I said there, I was really not shopping for a new Dunhill.
1: Uh, well, if you forget if you forget what it looks like, we can arrange
0: yeah. arrange that you want. But that's one of the beauties of the pipe shows. Is you go there and you just see a ton of pipes, and just that one just stuck out at me for some for some reason. It was it was a beautiful piece of wood. We will wrap this up with the brand new versions of the new Fast Five Final Questions. So there's no right answer, no wrong answer, short or long, doesn't matter. Whatever you want to answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite pipe?
1: My favorite pipe is my 1999 Stanwell Pipe of the Year. And I know the
0: answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your favorite tobacco?
1: My favorite tobacco is... Pipeworks and Well Gramercy Park. And that's available in bulk, right? That is available in bulk. What's your favorite drink? My favorite drink is a mm, Hendrix Gin and Tonic.
0: And that's the second time I've heard that now, so I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> Relaxation time. Is it with a book, a movie, or some music?
1: Definitely with some music. Um and pipe restoration. It's, it's uh, you, you know I go down in my shop late late at night when the kids are in bed and and I turn on I turn on some good music and uh, and I go to work.
0: And the last question: Your favorite pipe smoking memory?
1: Favorite pipe smoking memory is probably my good old Uncle Lionel. And with
0: that, we'll wrap it up. Again, the website is Vintage Briar. And the web, the Facebook page is Bard's Vintage Briar. If you need any help on uh, getting your pipes cleaned up, or maybe even uh, getting rid of a few of your own herd, give Jason a holler. Jason, thank you for everything you're doing. Keep up the really good work.
1: Thank you, Brian. It was an honor to be uh, to be a guest on your show. And with that, we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect
2: blend at SutliffTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at sutlifftobacco.com. Go to sutlifftobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend.
0: We are back so there you go. You know, it's nice to see, especially with, with all the new young pipe makers coming into it, it's nice to see somebody young that's coming in on the uh, restoration or preservation end and doing a really good job maintaining the high level of what the original factory or what the original pipe maker wanted the pipe to look exactly like. Mail call. Gather around everyone. Eric wrote in that he found the show a couple weeks ago on podbay.fm. And he's signed up for the site In about a week of listening He's caught up to episode 25 So it's 25 shows in a week And even I don't know if I could do that And he liked the uh, Clarence Gate Mouth Brown stuff uh, Kevin Godby also posted yesterday This is pretty cool A German podcast site Picked up the radio show So podcast.de So the radio show's getting out there And getting into different places that even I didn't know about. In response to Trevor Talbert, yeah, Trevor is quite a talent. Uh, In particular, Rig Medic was happy to find out that Trevor also smokes a 9mm filter pipe, just like he does. I did a little bit of research, and about 8-10% to of the pipes sold in the United States are filtered pipes with either a 9mm or a little paper filter like on the Medicos. So you guys are not alone. About 8-10% to 10% of you out there smoke a filter pipe occasionally. Forum member E. James said that he wishes he could be a mouse hiding out in uh, Trevor's workshop watching him work. I'd be worried that there'd be a bigger monster in Trevor's workshop that would want to eat a mouse. Uh, forum member Caucus K-A-K-I-S, K-A-K-I-S when we were talking about the cork that he suggested putting in a bowl, that cork is actually one of the uh, the metal screens, the little windscreens that just kind of clamp on top of the bowl. So I picked up a couple of those at the West Coast Pipe Show, and I've been kind of playing around with them. And they do work perfectly. You fill the bowl in the morning, and I did the charring light, and then you pop that on there, and it just kind of holds everything in place. So it's the metal windscreens. And uh, Ben from Colorado completely agrees with my rant from last week. And uh, yesterday I was in the grocery store and all the Halloween stuff was on sale and all the Christmas stuff was out and ready to go. So apparently the rant didn't do anything locally. As for the West Coast Pipe Show, it was fun as always. The Palace Station is very accommodating to all of us as pipe smokers. The uh, little Irish pub Had the tables out in front, and there was plenty of tables inside, and lots of people pipe smoking on Friday and Saturday night around there. On Saturday night, Chuck Stanion gave a great uh, presentation about the history of magazines dedicated to pipes, going all the way back to the 1920s. It was just amazing to hear all the different magazines that have been out there. And the longest running of them all is the current Pipes and Tobacco's magazine that Chuck is the editor of. Uh, Lots of, lots and lots of great pipe makers were at the show. A couple of new guys. Wish I got a little bit more time to get around and see everybody, but uh, thankfully traffic was kind of up, and I was trying to be as grounded as possible to my table. Did get to see a couple of forum members. Lord of the Pipe Rings was there. Dave in LAX was there. Probably my favorite moment from the show was... After everybody was packed up, there was a group that had gathered in the lounge area, even though the bar was closed, so I got to sit down with uh, Rick Newcomb, my friend Mitch from San Antonio, uh, Hank from New York was there, Dave from L.A. was there, and we were just kind of all sitting around and gathering, and Neil Roan was there, and we were talking to Neil about his, uh, his speech that he did in, uh, in Richmond. Seems like it was so long ago, but it was just a month ago. Just a great time to sit down, relax, and enjoy a pipe with a bunch of guys, and that hour and 45 minutes flew by, and none of us had anything to drink. I do want to say that uh, there wasn't a lot of vintage tobaccos for sale at the pipe show that I saw, so that was a little disappointing, but... With a lot of people having to fly in for the show, I can understand them not wanting to tote around a whole bunch of vintage tobaccos. A couple of new, uh, couple of new exhibitors there that I'd never seen before. Anyway, it was a great time. Even Sunday was kind of busy all day. Picked up a couple of pipes for myself, and I can't wait to get back next year. A couple of weeks, we'll update you, and you can start setting your travel schedule for what's coming up in 2014. All right, for music, wanted to switch it up a little bit. Paul Blay is a uh, jazz guitar, uh, jazz piano player. A jazz piano player. I'm sorry, and I just absolutely love this song. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little piano. last name is B-L-E-Y and did I mention he's also a pipe smoker rant time's next there's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869 it's the coolest smoothest pipe I've ever owned check them out at corncobpipe.com
2: need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? 4 stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from 4Noggins.com. is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. 4 for all of your pipes and tobacco needs.
0: This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. Somewhere, sometime back in some episode, I might have mentioned that I am not a gourmet. I'm not one of them fancy eaters like some people we know. I do enjoy a good meal, and when I'm on the road, especially, I like Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel's that country home cooking restaurant and country store. They got all the old-fashioned candy, old sodas in the front, and you can buy t-shirts and all kinds of goodies. And then... The restaurant's just a good, comfortable place to sit back, relax, eat a reliable meal. It's not fancy, it's not expensive, it's about $8, $9. But Cracker Barrel's gone crazy. It's now the Crazy Barrel. I sat down last, uh, two weeks ago, probably on my way somewhere in the middle of the countryside somewhere, to get something to eat, and I ordered just a basic breakfast that came with, i I think it was eggs and bacon and, uh, and some pancakes and a, and a little side or two. I've got a picture that I've posted on the show, and it is all the plates that my little $7, $8 breakfast. It's two large plates, four saucers, or four bowls, and a saucer and a coffee cup. All those plates, seven plates, a cup, and three utensils just for one meal. Well, Cracker Barrel's thing is, is they don't want different types of foods mixing with each other. So, eggs and bacon on one, pancakes on another, and then the little apple butter to go with the biscuits on another, and then something else. It, it's been so long I forgot, but all I can remember is me sitting there thinking, here I am by myself, and I've got this whole pile of dishes, If there was four people at this table, how are you gonna fit all these dishes? If each meal's got six or seven dishes, how are you gonna fit all these onto one table for four? And then I'm thinking in the back, how many plates and dishes do they really have in this place? I mean, let's not go crazy with it, Crazy Barrel, but, you know, you can put some things on a plate together. The biscuits could have been on a plate. Anyway, they got to have a ton of plates at Cracker Barrel. I mean, just a whole pile of them. I wanted to sneak around back and see if there was a tractor trailer full of plates back there, but I didn't. So that's the rant for this evening. That's the show. Hey, please make sure and keep posting feedbacks and ratings for us on iTunes. If you haven't had a chance to do that, we would greatly appreciate that. Leave any comments. Post them right there on the forums at pipesmagazine.com. Still looking for uh, prominent women pipe smokers? Email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you would like to advertise or be part of the show, contact Kevin Godby. Kevin handles all that. You can email him directly at pipesmagazine.com. I want to thank Jason Bard for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company and until next time bombadida
2: bombadida bombadida
0: bombadida bombadida Almost nine o'clock. We've got to go to work.